0: It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate.
2: The Orange bounce back strong against Miami after losing to NC State at home. We'll give you our thoughts. Also, that game's fan feedback. Then Joe will preview Syracuse's next game against UNC as they come into the Dome. Wednesday, February 21st at 7. Let's go.
0: some noise orange fans it's time for the Hughes nation podcast with sean and joe give us a like on facebook at facebook.com forward slash cues nation
2: podcast All right, what's up, Cuse Nation? Thanks for tuning in to episode 60 of the Cuse Nation podcast with Sean and Joe. If you could please subscribe to whatever platform you listen on, that will really help us out. We'll be in your library as soon as an episode is published. We're trying to give you the most efficient, relative, and current show possible for Syracuse basketball and football. If you like it, please share this show with your friends and family. A five-star review wouldn't hurt either. Thanks in advance for that. All right, Syracuse Improved. To 18-9 overall and 7-7 seven and seven in the ACC, beating the Hurricanes at Miami, 62-55 to 55 in front of 6,879 fans. Uh, that's cute. Uh, under 7,000. Um, Frank Howard led the Orange with 18 points. He was 100% from the free throw line, though it was 1-1. One one. He was still 100%. Uh, he also finished with only one turnover and six assists. Brissett had another stellar game, of course, finishing with 16 points. He was 50% from the field, 2-6 for six from three-point land, and he never got to the foul line. It's amazing that we won that game and Brissett never get into the foul line once. He did manage another double-double with 12 rebounds. That makes his 10th of the season. Uh, Mark the Magician, as uh, he'll be known to me from now on, with his behind-the-back pass to Preset for the lay-in, was my notable for the game, a game-high 11 points. Doesn't sound like much, but his presence on the court just adds that extra spark on both sides of the ball. He's just one of those guys, it seems to me, he's just a great teammate, and he just gives it 100% all the time. So uh, he's my notable. Battle struggled before hitting a key three. He did finish with 13 points. He only went four for 14 from the floor. But, like we said, that was picked up by Howard and... Uh, the Orange shot 48% from the floor as a team and did a great job defending the three, holding the Miami to 22.5% from behind the arc. They also held Miami to 33.9% from field goal shooting and uh, out-rebounded them by Uh, 37 to 29 so there's your box score bullet points fun facts for this game syracuse holds syracuse holds an 18 to 8 advantage in the all-time series over miami the orange shot 63.6 percent 14 of 22 from the field in the second half and only held miami to 35.3 percent and just 25 percent in the second half from three-point range Syracuse limited Miami to a season low 34% shooting. That's fantastic. The defense was just stellar in this game. Syracuse has averaged 48% shooting from the field in the last four games. That's the biggest, the best stretch we've had all year. There's a loss in there, but still the best we've had all year. The Oranges RPI, according to realtimeRPI.com, is 40, and the strength of schedule is at 27 currently. Uh, Tyus Battles free throws for the last four games, 32 of 36, 88.8%. Just fantastic. Didn't get a lot of free throws, but um, he's still he's still nailing them, and he does what he can. So, oh, yeah. Joe, let's let's hear it from you. Give us your, your game rundown. Uh, let me have your grade, and, of course, as always, during a win, your player of the game. Oh, uh, real quick. I'm sorry, Joe. I'm sorry. The Orange's RPI went from, was at 20, or excuse me, was at what? Um, 39 before the loss against NC State, went up to 50, right? Right. You said last week, I'm just giving you your credit here. You said last week a win at Miami would erase that loss. And statistically, according to the RPI, it all but did erase that loss. So you're correct. Came back okay. down 10 RPI points. Anyway, go ahead. All right. Well, thank you. For that. Um, <laughs> go ahead appreciate it uh again and something
1: else that i mentioned was basically from last time uh was uh the defense and that's going to be the biggest thing for me um offensively they did shoot well um i think they are i think we're starting to see a little bit of an evolution of what our offense is starting to become it's getting a little bit better um it's having to change because the teams basically know we just have Howard percent in battle. So as you can see the last couple of games, like I was telling you yesterday, um, every time one of those three calls for a pick, that guy, they just come off and they just double team him and they just let Chukwu get roll and they force you to make a play. And they're forcing Merrick and, and Moyer and Sidibe and Chukwu to, to make plays. And, uh, yesterday, uh, those, did that. And, um, that's exactly what we need. If we can get that kind of stuff from a Dolge and Moyer and get that defensive presence from those guys, um, then, then we're going to, we're going to have a chance to, to possibly, you know, get into this tournament and win some of the games that we need to, to win. Um, as far as the defense goes, like I said, we holding like seven from 31. Um, so they didn't shoot very well and their offense is stagnant most of the time. Uh, they had to rely on two freshman guards with uh, Walker and and Likes. Um, and they played, they played good. They played hard. Um, but you could just tell that there's something missing with Bruce Brown being hurt and that you could see that there was some truth to what uh, the coach, Jim Laranega, was talking about um, in that article that I read last week. So this is a game that I thought we had a chance to win. Um, there's a couple times there where you heard uh, – some let's go orange chance. So, you know, that there were some Syracuse fans in the house and, um, it wasn't a full house by any means. So, uh, yeah, it was a great win. Um, getting another road win tier, our uh, quadrant one, uh, road win. And I think if I had to give them a grade, I'm going to give them an A. Um, again, I don't give out a pluses unless they're perfect, but, um, battle could have played a little bit better. We could have, um, not had a couple turnovers, uh, but overall our off our, our defense I think won us that game. We didn't we won rebounding. Um we didn't shoot enough free throws really to matter and uh I think we lost the turnover battle. Um we did have four steals and seven blocks which is which is big, but overall that defense is is what won the game for us yesterday. So yeah, that, I would probably say I give my my uh player the game I give to uh to Dolje just cuz uh if he doesn't do what he does then then we'd probably lose that game, actually. Uh, he played really good. Uh, he hit some jumpers. He hit a clutch jumper near the end. He had that offensive rebound with that behind-the-back pass, went up and hit two clutch free throws. So, um, yeah, I would give it to him, but Brissett wasn't too far behind. So I'll tell you that.
2: Yeah. Um, all right, as far as the, my game breakdown, uh, playing a team on the road in the ACC is tough. I don't care who it is. The Pittsburgh game was tough, okay? Pittsburgh stinks. Uh, it's just it's just always a challenge. That's
1: no, because it's a zoo. Zoos it, stink.
2: Yeah, well, <laughs> true. But like we've said in the past, it's been a petting zoo for the past two years. Yeah. So uh, you can get close to those animals. Um, oh, yeah. uh, so... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search
0: for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search.
2: Match with Indeed. indeed.com slash match terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed
1: the nba finals are heating up looking for hot takes on all the postseason action the old man in the three presented by bmw is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage host and former nba sharpshooter jj reddick not only has a plugged in perspective on the action from his time in the league but he's also announcing the games in real time for espn
2: You know there was one point in time where the the 15 to 0 run that Syracuse went on that really helped them get ahead. I think they got up by like 12 points at one point and then it was just a couple threes bring it back down to six, ended up tying it again. This mm-hmm. this team has showed its resilience and to show resilience on the road like that is impressive to me. I think you know a lot of times when when teams blow a lead like that, they get frustrated, they make a lot of mistakes. You had uh likes I like Likes, by the way. And I think I like likes. I think he's a I think he's a fantastic player, but he's like a freaking mosquito. I mean, and literally, Howard had to swat him away. Because the dude is just like all over you. He does not leave you alone. So he could have my point is is that Howard could have been just if he was a little flustered, Likes could have gotten the better of battle. And likes, by the way, did lead his team in scoring with 14. So yep. he was effective, and the guy hits the deck all the time, you know, and it's because he's just so small, and he's in, he's going through a forest, a redwoods, and he ends up on the floor. So yeah. well, uh, Syracuse yeah. did a great job um, pulling out a win. It, you know, it was a team effort. Everybody stepped up for battle, kind of had a slow game, and I feel like Howard, he was excellent, only one turnover. I mean, yeah. I gave him an A, Joe. I'm with you. I started with an A-, and then I was, and I looked and I really thought about it. And with Battle not really leading that team like he has all year, I, I had to give him, I had bumped him up to an A. So Battle, by the way, he has not scored uh, th- that amount of points since he scored 13. Well, he scored, he finished the game with 13. It was his lowest points total, scoring 13 again against Notre Dame. And we lost that game because no one stepped up. So, uh, you know, that was the difference. My player of the game, it was between Brissette and Mark. And so you chose Mark. I'll give it to Brissette. I thought he was excellent. 16 points. He did not get to the free throw line. But for us to win a game without him getting to the free-throw line, I think that's that shows a lot about where our defense was in this past game. And it's excellent. So, yeah. 12- well, I
1: mean, he usually goes to the line because he drives and doesn't right. make it. And yesterday right. he was driving and making it. True. So Yeah. You know, I mean, there's like that one that bounced up off that rim that went right back down. Yeah. And he had that nasty dunk. Yeah. So, yeah, he was uh, – he was effective in driving and finishing yesterday. So He,
2: he was in his 10th his double-double of the season. Uh, he's averaging 14.7 points and 9 rebounds per game on the season. Average a double-double for the season would pair him with none other than Carmelo Anthony, who remains the only freshman in Syracuse history to do that. So, you know, that's that says a lot. He's good. Yeah. He's good. As, as Mike Waters at Syracuse.com, he's scary good. So... Yeah. Well, I mean,
1: he's almost averages a double double. He's gets he fills the stat sheet as far as blocks and steals, and uh, I think statistically right now he's uh, percentage wise our best three point shooter on our team. So, uh,
2: so that's it for me on the on the game overview. Um, yeah. I think it was much needed. Good win
1: back on the bubble.
2: Yeah, awesome. I I would say you know, I mean, I guess we're on the bubble, but if you look at it. You know well, I guess I
1: shouldn't say back on the bubble we've been on the bubble. Yeah, we're ba- we're we're, ba- ba- we're on right the good there. side of the bubble right now. So, yeah. well, I uh, yesterday I went through and looked at a, a lot of the standings from some some of the better conferences and there's Power 5 conferences you go look at the Big 12 and some of these other conferences and there's so many just like the ACC, so many teams right around what our record is just stacked down the middle, 18 and 8, 17 and 9, 18 and 9 like it's it's gonna be crazy. It's gonna be what you do from here on out, and and in, in, in most most likely the ACC conference tournament is gonna mean a lot this year. So,
2: you know, we haven't won an ACC game since we've been in the ACC. I think it's time to um, to buck that to, trend. To, to, Let's go to kill that, and um, and uh, we've got, you know, being in the middle of the of the ranks in the ACC puts us at a pretty even keeled game. You know, for our first one. And if we can stay in the top 10, we've talked, you get the first round bye. So right. uh, it could be a good matchup. The first game could be a really even matchup. So,
1: well, and it could help if we can get some wins with the quadrant wins because everything's going to be listed as a, a neutral game, you know, so that'll exactly. help.
2: Exactly. Right. Yeah. And uh, just one more note for me, and then I'll give you the final thought, Joe. Miami's RPI after the Syracuse loss at home. Is still only at thirty-seven, which is better than ours. And their strength of schedule is at fifty-six. So that non-conference schedule that they had going undefeated, it really helped them out because that's their third loss in a row, I believe. Well, so. uh, yeah,
1: it is. And if when you look at the fact that they have their best player that got injured, that's not going to be back anytime soon. They're probably going to lose a couple more. And I mean, you can argue. I mean, as far as yesterday goes, Miami was a, looked at as a team that was that was in and. Right. Um, yeah. it, uh, as far as looking at the resumes today, I look, uh, Syracuse looks better than theirs. it's
2: better. It absolutely is. And uh, so, uh, their strength, are uh, their RPIs a little better? But that's due to the non-conference schedule and their because their strength of schedules double ours. So yeah. Um. You know, there's that. Any final thoughts, Joe? On Miami.
1: No, just no? a good needed win.
2: Yeah. Exactly. All right, Miami in the mirror. All right, Joe, fan feedback for this week. We will start here with Don. By the way, go to facebook.com forward slash Q's Nation podcast. Join the 1,200 plus people in the community there and give us a thumbs up. We appreciate it. Real quick before we get started, we want to give you the um, most up-to-date information that we have at the time of this recording for the quadrant wins and losses. Joe uh, has put it together. So how do we look, bud?
1: Well, looking at currently after the uh, games last night, um, today our RPI is 40th strength to schedule, 27th, and with a record of 18-9, and 7-7 in the ACC, and um, right now as far as our quadrant wins look, um, we are 4-0 in uh, quadrant four games. Uh, Eastern Michigan, they won and they moved up a bunch of spots to turn into a tier three win, which brings us to tier three where we are seven and one. And currently that one loss is our game against Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech's fallen uh, down to the 160s in the RPI. So they need to get back up to 135 or better for that to go back up to a tier two. But currently that's looking like that's our worst loss so far this year. Um, Moving to tier two, we are four and three currently. So um, it's good to see that we still have a winning record all the way up through Tier Two and uh, Tier One. Right now, our record is um, three and five with those. Uh, it's not bad. Those wins being uh, home against Buffalo, who's been holding strong around twenty-eight to thirty in their RPI, and the two uh, recent road games against Louisville and Miami yesterday. So. Um, doesn't look that bad as as far as I'm concerned. I mean, we have three more tier one games and one more tier two game on the, on the docket so far. And I mean, it's, it looks good to me, um, cause it shows that you didn't play the weakest schedule. I mean, obviously with our strength schedule being 27th, but, um, only having four tier one wins, you know, only being four and I imagine there's gonna be a lot of teams in the bubble where that number will be a little bit bigger. So it shows, shows the, uh, the committee that um we didn't just pad our our schedule with uh, easy wins and tier three wins uh you know like i said seven and one in, in georgia tech although it being a, a bad or a worse loss this year uh losing a game on the road like you said um earlier isn't really the um the the, the worst thing it does happen and again still having a winning record of four and three um and being seven and eight in tier one and tier two games so Again, that number's only gonna go up as far as the amount of games played If it stays the way that it is uh I mean, you're talking about nineteen games, nineteen tier one, and tier two games, and only getting four wins out of tier four um not too bad so We'll wait and see, and obviously the wins will will help us uh, because obviously we got good good teams coming up. Three out of the four yeah, ranked nothing, teams in the ACC.
2: Nothing huh? will really nothing will really hurt us going forward, uh, tre- too tremendously. But we do need. No, to No, but you just can't lose them all. Right? Exactly. Okay. All right. Well, there's your quad breakdown. I'm with fan feedback. Don says, uh, pretty sad that Howard is supposed to be the point guard and only has one assist. Um, Don, what do you? looking at I don't even know what he's talking about well he had one uh, turnover and six assists
1: yeah and traditionally (laughs) um traditionally you know the point guard does get assists but uh if you've listened to some of Jim Beheim's press conferences or even really paid attention um, we really only have three guys that can score and most of our offenses those guys taking it off the dribble so um talked about it we don't really usually get a lot of assists because of just the way that our offense is our offense is we don't really move it around like that because there's only certain people that, that usually take the shots, and usually it's driving and trying to get fouled and go to the free throw line. So,
2: Yeah. Steve says, still NIT bound, but if they can go 9-9 nine and nine in the conference, Joe, we talked about that, and win a game or yeah. two in the ACC tournament, maybe they get in, but let's remember, Bayheim hasn't won a single game yet in the ACC tourney. The past has nothing to do with what happens this year. It's not indicative of them losing, that's for sure. Uh, you know, uh, nine and nine, if we could finish at five hundred, Joe, that would give us for the last four games, that would that would be exactly what we're talking about, getting to twenty wins. Yeah. So before the tournament.
1: Well, so. where where you are, I mean, yes, it is tough to judge, and I know that I threw something out there where you can compare one year to the other, but really every year is a little bit different. And um really just depends on the other teams and you know if if certain teams that are automatically locked, if they lose their conference, stuff like that, you know, people steal bubbles. But um, just looking at it, if you go by that theory of going two and two and getting to, you know, what twenty and eleven or whatever, and and going nine and nine in the ACC, I mean, we went ten and eight in the ACC last year, but we were what eighteen and thirteen going into the ACC mm-hmm. tournament. So um, this year it's a little bit different. But if we win two games, I mean, one of those games is going to be coming from you know, a really good team. So, and he, who knows what if we get two from a really good team and we lose at Boston College? I mean, you really never know if we what what those two games are going to be,
2: but I, I know Does it we, matter, Joe? Does it matter? Do you think it matters which two they are? Um, I mean, eh, three ranked no. teams left out of the 4.
1: I'm going to say no. Yeah, three ranked teams and right now North Carolina's RPI is 4, Duke's is 6, and Clemson is 7.
2: That's so, amazing. Yeah.
1: So we're playing four, six, and seven as far as RPIs. It's
2: only gonna help and, strength the to schedule too.
1: Oh, strength the schedule is gonna go skying up even when we lose, or if we lose. Um, but like I said, that's those are clear tier one games, and like I think you know we beat Duke. Like I think that we're in. I mean, you might argue that. I mean, you just never know because none of those are gonna be bad losses. Those are three quadrant one games and then one quadrant two game, and um, who knows if Boston College can go on a little bit of a run. They might end up be, that. might end up being a quadrant one win too if they can get down to under seventy five. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Just but, there shouldn't be people that are that are negative like that. I mean, just yeah, let the games play after, out.
2: Especially after a win, you know, you've got it, that. Like Joe said last episode, a win against Miami at Miami would erase the NC State loss, and it absolutely did. Statistically, it did, which is great. And
1: it looks like a better win. Exactly,
2: it. it totally does. Uh, Fran says. Still alive. Yes, Fran. Still alive, in my opinion, in your opinion, in Joe's opinion. Uh, Anthony says, I think we go into Wednesday night and stun UNC, and honestly, I already chalked up a loss against Cameron Indoor, but gosh, I hope Cuse proves me wrong. I, I said at the beginning of the year, our biggest win of the year will come at home against UNC. I hate mm-hmm. predicting those things, but, um, you know, because – the, the chance of being wrong, you're wrong. But in any event, if they do pull it off, it would be huge. That would be huge. Going into Cameron Indoor, Anthony's right. That is going to be a hostile environment and a, a, a team that's hot. UNC's hot too, but I think Duke is a better team even though that UNC beat them earlier. I think Duke's a better team. So, what do you uh, think? They
1: have more potential.
2: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, um, let's see. Let's see. Mike Mick, Mick says... I know nine and nine in conference sounds better than eight and ten, but maybe we get one at UNC. Well, at home against UNC, they play down to the level of their teams. They play. That's kind of true. He brings up a point that you know Syracuse does kind of either play down or up to the level that they're usually playing. We've only been blown out twice: once against Virginia, once against Kansas. Right? Something so, like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, we're, we were only we've been in every other game. So Yeah. yeah he makes a good point. Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. Beverly, wow, they're looking good. Are they looking good or what? I don't know, Joe. Tell Beverly. Are they looking good or what?
1: They're looking good, Beverly.
2: <laughs> David says, UNC is overrated. Go orange. D- uh, Davis. UNC is overrated. Go orange. Uh, I've said they were overrated, but the past few games I watched UNC, man, they're clicking, dude. They're clicking. Yeah, they are. And, and uh, Joel Berry is just... I mean, he's magnificent and you know, uh, Luke May is just he's consistent.
1: Yeah. yeah, we'll get into that here shortly.
2: All right. Um, yeah, Pinson, he's nasty. So anyway, um, you know, it's gonna be a tough game and we're yeah, exactly. We'll get into that in a second. Uh John says, nice win, guys. Share uh Shari says great win, absolutely. Anthony, different Anthony says, Love it. Now play with the same intensity on Wednesday night at home against UNC. I think that's going to draw a big, big crowd too, Joe. It's a seven o'clock game, on a Wednesday, oh, yeah. uh, ranked team coming in. It's going to draw a big crowd. They said earlier in the year that that UVA was going to be, you know, the biggest crowd of the season, but this has potential of of. Uh, that was on a Saturday though, but this has potential of of rivaling that. So we'll just have to see. Um, Nate says, got to keep the momentum going. See you Wednesday. Everybody's, everybody's let go of the win and focus in on Wednesday. That's, that's what I got out of social media. And so, you know, I mean, what else can you say? Any final thoughts on the fan feedback, Joe?
1: No, no, it was pretty good. Uh, there's still a couple people that think we're going to go on it. But I think that's just people that, uh, that just assume we're going to lose certain games because of a number next to a team name or the team name
2: itself. So, um, We're still alive. As long as we have a game on our schedule, we're still alive. Yeah, the focus seems to be for the majority of the folks on social media, though, that they're looking ahead to Wednesday. Everybody's pretty excited. And they know, and I believe, that Syracuse has a shot. All right, Joe, as we've been talking, North Carolina comes into the Dome Wednesday, February 21st. The game is at 7 o'clock. What do we expect?
1: I think it's going to be a good one, Sean, like we just talked about a little bit, because uh, I was going to say the same exact thing, that right now, North Carolina, when they're talking about being overrated,
2: right now, they're not looking it. So, no, they were, though. They were at one point, but they, uh, yeah, they were a little bit. A but, little bit? A little bit. They had a
1: little hiccup there, but um, looking back at some of the last couple games, they've won five straight games. Um, time to and, lose. Well, two of them were at uh, what, NC State at Louisville. Uh, they won at Louisville the last game they played, and um, they look good. Uh, so coming to the Dome, I don't think it's probably not going to affect them. They have, right now, the last game against Louisville, they had, um, what, three guys with 30-plus minutes, or sorry, four guys with 30-plus minutes, and then um, another guy with 29. So there's no one off the bench that even um, put in uh, more than 10 minutes. Like you said, Joel, they're playing three seniors, uh, two juniors, and uh, they're one of the better rebounding and three-point shooting teams in uh, the ACC, and that's what really scares me. So they got um, they got a very uh, experienced team that play most of the minutes. Uh, great three-point shooters, Joel Perry, uh, Barry. Uh, they're used to playing with each other. So they can pass the ball around. They can find those seams in the zone. Um, they're going to be able to get it to the middle. There's going to be guys that are going to be able to make that shot or make the pass out and um, their defense really isn't that bad either. So,
2: great like offensive said, rebounding too. By the way,
1: yeah. Well, and that's my thing. And when you look at their team, they're really not that. I mean, Kenny Williams, the junior there, he's uh, he's a decent rebounder for his size. Pinson, six six, he's a good rebounder for his size. Luke May six eight, Cameron Johnson. I mean, you're looking at the tallest guys out there, six eight, six nine. So they're just really they're athletic. Luke May is a, a strong guy. He gets in there. He's sturdy. He's going to be able to definitely get lower and, and be able to push those guys around. We'll at least be able to get good position against uh, Chukwu and Sidibe because he is just a lot stronger than him.
2: Yeah, um, he can shoot the three too.
1: Yeah, and he can shoot the three. Joel Berry can shoot the three. Cameron Johnson, the uh, the transfer, graduate transfer uh, from Pittsburgh, actually. So he was shooting threes and making them against us back uh, a couple years ago when Pittsburgh was pretty good with Jamel Artis and those boys. So he's used to uh, playing against the zone. He can get in the middle and, and make that uh, – that jumper at the free throw line and shoot threes so they have a very experienced team with the, like again like i said with the the three seniors and two juniors the starters and um five in a row they're looking good and uh <laughs> it's gonna be tough so we gotta hope that we get that crowd and and hopefully um our guys can continue to evolve that offense to where they can put more points on the board um otherwise it could be it could be a rough one
2: yeah, I mean, it could, but as always, Joe, the 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 key factor in all these games is what? Is how is Syracuse going to play defense?
1: Right. Well, I mean, I think a lot of it, yeah, I think a lot of it is, you know, um, obviously the defense, we're going to have to hold them do a certain amount of points because there's only so many points we are going to be able to score, but also just the way that we do play and against the way that they play. I mean, we just talked about it. Defense was stopping the three-point shot. Because you know that they can shoot threes. Uh, You know that they can board. So we have to board. And that's one of those things that we talk about that we have to win anyway. And they play uh, not a lot of guys just like us. So, and what do we like to do? Get to the free throw line. Mm -hmm. So if we can get some guys in foul trouble, get to the free throw line, and we can keep the boards relatively even, and then just keep the turnovers down or fairly even, and just don't allow them to score a lot of the points off our turnovers, or get second chance points, I mean that's the little stuff that we talk about that I mean that's the stuff that we have they, to do.
2: They I, I would love I wish I would have pulled this up just for you to, to maybe you haven't. What what are their average second chance points? Because you know, even Louisville last night I watched that game. They just control Louisville's a good team. They controlled that entire game from start to finish at Louisville and you know, they were just strong. The Offensive rebounding, I mean, was phenomenal. They were putting them back right at the rim, and the amount of second-chance points they had just last night off the top of my head was um, impressive, to say the least. And that's the kind of team you're dealing with, a well-coached team, a team that's experienced. They've been playing with each other for a while. So, I mean, it helps. It's a big deal.
1: Yeah, well, those are the teams that you don't like to play against. But again, even though we're young – I think our this defense has grasped has grasped onto what Jim Beheim wants to do with this defense better than last years and the previous years. So I do think that again, just like every other team that's played us this year, I think that that they're going to find that um, that this two three zone is a little bit different and more difficult than it has been in the past couple of years.
2: Yeah, but, because of the length, and we've talked about that. And um, well, because
1: of the length, and just because of just the fact that. Um, like just people like Matthew Moyer and, 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 um, like Dolge, Dolge. Just, they're sponges, you know, they're all young. They haven't, they don't have having, bad, bad
2: habits yet. Exactly. Especially yeah. Mark, which is right. Mar- again, Marek, by the way, it's it, Marek.
1: Okay. Mark. And again, <laughs> they, uh, just the nuances and, and the things that Beheim wants that defense to do. This team just seems to do it better. And again, you said we are a little bit taller and, and lengthier. So, um, It's just going to come down to to that limiting the defense, limiting the mistakes. But those things like, you know, North Carolina's strengths. So, again, again, it's going to be a better defense. But again, North Carolina, there's you're talking about seniors and juniors. They're definitely Pinson is stronger than anybody down there. Uh, Luke May is stronger than anybody down there. So physically wise and mentally wise and maturity and experience, that's going to be North Carolina, but we know what they're good at, so we know what we have to stop. So, exactly, if we and outboard them, if we outboard them, get out to the three point shooters, and we can get to the free throw line right. and maybe get some of their guys in, in foul trouble, so they can't play such uh, such crazy defense. That's um, Joe's
2: game plan. That's your game. That sounds like a good game plan. I like it. Well, that's what you have to win. If they yeah. well, if they win what they're good at,
1: then we then we lose. Exactly. So those are the things you got to look
2: at. Does Syracuse continue their stretch? Currently at four games of 48% from the field shooting offensively. Can they keep that going against uh, an experienced UNC team? Probably not. Probably not. Boy, he's a full of optimism, folks. <laughs> I'm no, I'm just, I know. I'm just ex- playing with good, you. They're a good, experienced team. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, we'll have to see. I think it's important, and very important, getting to the line early in this game or at least getting, getting the foul. If it's on the floor, if it's not while they are shooting, yeah, uh, it's just, it's just a, it just gotta gotta get them, but, make them nervous about contacting you and in you know being able to drive the lane is gonna be key. And there's some big guys in there, so it's gonna be tough. Well,
1: just to throw some numbers out there too, um, Ken Pomroy, almost forgot, he hey, has pal. he has North Carolina seventh and Syracuse at forty five. Um, on his uh, website, he also does adjusted offense, adjusted defense uh, rankings or, you know, metrics uh, to rank the um, offensive efficiency, defensive efficiency, that kind of stuff. And um, North Carolina, he has ranked uh, seventh offensively and 29th defensively. And for us, he has us. Uh, oh, boy. How many and 109th <laughs> offensively and 12th defensively.
2: So I think that's, that's fair.
1: He's pretty good. That's pretty
2: good. It's yeah. pretty fair, but
1: that also is all the other combined games earlier in the season where our offense might not be where it is now. True. Um,
2: Everybody's getting better, though, Joe. Yeah, you're right.
1: And North Carolina having the, the the schedule that they've had and being 29th still in the defense that just shows you where they're at as far as the fact that they're they're good on the defensive rebounding side too. They don't they don't allow a lot of second chance points, and that's where we get some of our points as well. So. They're 29th defensively. It's not just like they can score. They're big and they're strong and they're 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 uh, experienced. Again, like we talked about, juniors and seniors. So that's that's why I say that I don't think that we're going to be able to keep up the 48% shooting. But I mean, if they do, whew, then it'll be it'll, obviously it's going to be good and I think we'll have a good chance to win. But again, I just think the key is defense. Defense. Try to get to the line and try to make it ugly.
2: Yeah, exactly. All right. Well. That's it for episode sixty, gang. We appreciate you listening. Again, if you like the show, please share it with friends and family. And we appreciate every ounce of that. We also appreciate if you go to Facebook dot com forward slash QSNation podcast. Give us the thumbs up there. And we are on Twitter now and then at Cuse Nation Show is our Twitter tweet, handle. Tweet, tweet. And uh we we do our best, but a lot of times we forget. So um, yeah. We're getting it's better. Tough. We're getting better. All right. That's it for Joe. I'm Sean. We're out. Peace.
0: You, you just heard, heard the Cuse podcast with Sean and Joe.